Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We've been talking about healing the last few sessions, and so we're going to continue that tonight. And uh, t- uh, I want to get, hopefully get through all of this tonight. If You know, I can see where I could make it very long, or I can see where I could pare it down, but we'll just see what, we'll just see how it goes. How about that? Yeah, if I have learned anything from, from a wonderful teaching pastor, it's how to stretch it out. <laughs> That's what a teacher does. It's, they, they know so much about everything that, you know, that it just takes forever to get it all out. You know, so that's a good thing. You just don't know how blessed you are. Hallelujah. So we're going to, tonight we're going to talk about hindrances to healing. And, you know, healing like anything else has two sides. There's a God side and there's a man side. And what we've already talked about in these last sessions is the God side of things. And the, the very first thing, you know, is that healing is available. You know, a lot of people don't know that. It's, it become, it's part of the package. You know, and so some people, for some people, they don't get healed because they don't know healing's even available. But, you know, it reminds me of the anecdote that uh, I've heard many times over the years about the man who, um, back in the early 1900s, set sail from England and headed to America. And he didn't have a lot of money. You know, back in those days, you know, the only way to get to another continent was by boat. And so he purchased a ticket on a steamer. And um, he didn't have a lot of money, so he purchased what they called steerage. That's not the upper class people. That's just, you know, kind of in the, in the bottom of the boat kind of a thing, you know. But it was going to get him to, to America where he needed to go. And uh, the, I think the journey was, I think, around two weeks to, to cross the ocean at the time. And so as they're coming into the harbor at New York, one of the, the stewards on the ship came up to him and said, well, Mr. Brown, we'll call him Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, where have you been? We haven't seen you this entire trip. I mean, you haven't been at meals. You know, are you okay? Is everything all right? I mean, you haven't been sick, have you? And he goes, well, well no, sir. He said, I, I didn't have enough money, you know, but except for my, my, my ticket, my passage ticket. And so, I, you know, I, I, I brought some food and stuff with me, and I, I made it last for the whole trip. And, and the steward looked at him and said, Mr. Brown, meals were included in your ticket price. Listen, people don't know that healing was included in their ticket price to heaven. But it is. It's all part of the package. And what did we say salvation was? Healing, deliverance, safety, preservation, wholeness. All of those things, it's all included with what we call just salvation. Salvation is so much more than just getting our ticket to heaven. It includes all the things that we need to live here on this earth and in this life. He wants us to actually have a foretaste of what he intends for us to enjoy completely in its fullness when we get to heaven. He wants us to understand this is how life was supposed to be had not man fallen in the garden. He wants to give us back the authority that we need to control our own lives. Not have to be at the mercy of the enemy. You know, and so healing is just part of the package. So that was, that just, we'll just quickly talk about these two. Number one, some people don't get healed because they don't know healing's available to them. And number two, people don't get healed because they do not understand that it is always, always 
always, always God's will to heal them. Always. There is not a person that God would look at and say, no, this is not for you. The same price that Jesus paid for our salvation, he paid for our healing. You cannot separate the two. And so we, we see examples of it all through the New Testament. You know, everywhere Jesus went, you know, he healed them all. And in every situation, multitudes were there. Multitudes who came to him, and there was people of every kind in that group. I mean, there were people who were righteous people. There were people who were ungodly people. There were people who, I mean, you probably didn't even want to stand next to in that crowd. And yet, if they were sick, he healed them all. He wanted to demonstrate that it's God's will to heal every single person. And the only examples we find where he could not heal them, could not get them healed, is because of their unbelief. Their unbelief. You know, it's, you don't have to beg God for healing because it already belongs to you and it's already his will. And there's so many times people just, you know, go to God just pleading with God, heal me, heal me, Lord, please, please, I beg you to heal me. You don't have to beg him. It's an already a done deal. You know, sometimes we, have, we make the mistake of looking at other people and their experiences and going, well, they were, a, they were I mean, that, if there was ever a godly woman I've ever met in my life, I mean, that was it. I mean, she was it, and she didn't get healed. Listen, we don't base what God wants to do for us on what somebody else experiences. I mean, testimonies of healing will help encourage us and encourage our faith, but it's God's word that we need to stand on. It's God's word that we can depend on all the time. You know, you can't depend on other people and their experiences. You can't depend on, on what they say and what they do. We can only depend and rely on what the word of God says. And in there, you can't, you can't tell me that anywhere in here you can find any example where God was the least bit reluctant to heal anybody. Not even the least bit reluctant. You know, we, we, talk, we, we see people all the time, you know, who are wheelchair-bound or tragedies, one thing or another, and we think, well, you know, that's just, you know, th those people are there. They're just magnifying God in spite of the difficulty in their lives. I've heard things like, well, you know, God, God just blesses special people, you know, that way. I mean, there's something special he wants, he wants them to accomplish in their life. And, and this sickness, you know, is a demonstration. It's not a demonstration of anything but the fact that the devil is a mean person. It's not a demonstration of anything except that he's a thief who's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy and it's just so sad that people mix those things up. And they want to blame God or, or lay, lay the source of sickness and disease at the Father's door when it doesn't belong there at all. That's not where it belongs. You know, it is strictly the enemy. You know, if you look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can find out people gave glory to God when they were healed, not when they were sick. There was no glorifying God about all this. You know, and sometimes, you know, I think we, we find ourselves in places where if the truth were known, you know, it's easier to say, well, you know, God wants me to learn something through this. Well, then why are you going to the doctor? If God's getting glory out of your sickness, why are you trying to get well? 
then just stay sick if, if God's trying to glorify something or, or get somebody's attention. I, I've heard things said, well, you know, uh, this, this is going to cause other people to, to, see, to see God. I mean, this is going to do this, this is going to do that, this is going to do that. No, it won't. There's just as many and a lot more people who are turned off by what they think God has done in somebody's life. When it comes to tragedies, when it comes to sickness, when it comes to disease, they think God is the source of it, and it turns them off. It doesn't bring them close to him. It runs them away from him, and that's the enemy's plan. As long as he can get people to, the, to buy into this notion that somehow God's responsible for this, then there are, will always be people that they will say, well, I don't want to serve a God like that. Why would I want to serve him? I mean, he might put that same kind of thing on me. So we just want to stay as far away from him as we possibly can. You know, the, the nonsense stuff about God needed another special angel in heaven. No, he doesn't. He's got all the angels he needs. He's got his own garden. If he wants, if he wants somebody to till it, he doesn't need to. He's got angels to do it. That's not what you and I go to heaven for. We don't go up there to work. We don't go up there to tend a garden. We don't go up there to build a house. We don't go up there to cook dinner. So I, I was at a funeral one time of an elderly lady who was well-known for her cooking abilities, and, and somebody said, I know when she gets to heaven, she's gonna, her sister's going to meet her at the gates and say, come on, Susie, we got a big meal to prepare. And I'm thinking, if i got to cook when I go to heaven, I ain't going. <laughs> so I'll risk that. I'm, I'm done cooking. <laughs> I've cooked enough. <laughs> There's all kind of craziness, you know, out there. But that's, listen, the God side is that it has been provided and that it is always his will to heal you. That's the God side. Now, tonight we're going to talk about, talk about the man side. And this, you know, if it, if it rubs the fur a little bit the wrong way, turn the kitty around. But we're going to talk about some things, you know, and it's not really all that hard. I mean, but there are so many reasons why you and I don't get healed. I mean, but if you package it all into one concept, it is that we are not prepared to receive our healing. That's, 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 the, big, that's the big category. We're not prepared to receive that healing. Now, under that big category. There's a lot of subheadings. We're going to talk about some of the subheadings. Um, number one is we're not relying on the word. Not relying on the word. You know, we, I, I honestly think that sometimes people really would rather put it at God's door because they don't want to take personal responsibility for why they're not healed. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's really not harsh. You know, it's not hard. I know people are suffering. I know they hurt. I know there's pain. I know there's, there's all kind of things that go with sickness and disease that, that are, just breaks your heart. But when it all is boiled down, what you need to understand is that it's easier to change you than it is to supposedly change God. For, it, it really helps me to know that the problem is on my end because I have the ability to do something about it. If I thought it was God withholding healing from me, how in the world do I think I can change the mind of God if that were true? But it, since it's not true, 
then I know I can change me. I can do whatever adjusting has to be done so that I can receive exactly what he's already offered to me. And, uh, you know, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me, turn over there, John 15, 7, and I might have some sticky pages, so it might just take me a little longer. Hopefully not. John 15, verse 7. Glory to God. Say amen. Amen. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Romans 10, 17. You, I mean, you have to know this one because we've been talking about this one on Sunday mornings. Pastor's series on faith is a great time for this. Hallelujah. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, in going back and, and putting all my notes into a new Bible, you find all kinds of wonderful things that, that you just hadn't noticed in a long time. When the pages are all yellow and they're falling apart and they're torn, you know, sometimes you couldn't even read them. But uh, I wrote in here. I don't even know what translation I got this from. It says, so then faith is awakened by hearing. Faith already resides on the inside of you because God's already dealt to you the measure of faith. You know, in, uh, in Luke 5, it says, in 5 and in Luke 6, it says that the multitudes, they came to hear and be healed. Matthew 4, Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. You know, sometimes people aren't ready to receive their healing because they haven't heard enough of the word. You know, I appreciate some of the, some of the things that um, Oral Roberts did and Dad Hagen did for a long time. He would announce they were, they were going to have a healing service. And you had to, if you wanted to, to get in that healing line, you had to be there before the service started. You had to go to that table out in the lobby or out in the foyer, whatever, whatever facility they were in. You had to go to a certain table, and you had to get a healing card. And you could not get into the healing line at the end of the service unless you had that healing card. And they wanted to make sure that you were there to hear the word before hands were laid on you. That was a requirement. Listen, I have no doubts that there are uh, the gifts of the Spirit in operation to, to heal people, whether they're born again or whether they're not. When those gifts are in operation, healing is present. No matter who you are, no matter what your situation is, whether you're born again, whether you're not. Because, you know, healing is a mercy extended toward unbelievers, but it's a right when it comes to the believer. It's a covenant right. It belongs to me. It's mine, and I demand it. And so people would have to get those healing cards and stay in the service before they could get in the healing line. They can't, he wanted them to hear and to be healed because though the gifts of the Spirit can move and they can manifest themselves, you get that healed that way, you are not going to retain that healing without an active knowledge of the Word of God. And really for you to get healed the best way for you to get healed, is to get healed simply on the basis that God says it's mine. It's just mine. You can always count on the word. You know the, the story in the New Testament about the man who was paralyzed, who was beside the pool at Bethesda? He was always waiting. When the angel came down and troubled the word, the first person in got healed. And so he didn't have anybody to help him. 
And so Jesus came along, Jesus healed him because he didn't have to wait for the water. The word, the living word was right in front of him. Listen, the living word is right in front of you. Right in front of you. And so you can't always depend on the timing of gifts, healing manifestations, that kind of thing. You can't depend on the timing of that. Is it going to be when I need it? But you can always depend on the availability of the word to you. And so, you know, we, we have to understand that, that faith is not a blind leap. I just heard this the other day. Faith is not a blind leap, but it's an educated step out on God's word. An educated step. You cannot get educated if you don't get into this. If you don't know what it says, you cannot finally find out and know without a shadow of a doubt what God's will and God's word says to you about your situation. And it's not a thing of, of mind over matter. You know, sometimes we, we, we listen to, to people, and if you, if you hear some people who are the, of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, you know, you know, it's kind of a mind over matter kind of a thing. Listen, this is not mind over matter. This is God's word over matter. My mind has absolutely nothing to do with what his word says. And just blindly saying, even just even taking the word and just, and just repeating it over and over again without faith in my heart is going to do absolutely no good. It all has to come by faith. So, you know, we're not prepared because we're not in the word. Number two, another one is, uh, and I, these are in no particular order, but, you know, I just, just from my own life, I can, I can actually say that I've been in some of these places where I wasn't ready to receive healing and for these reasons. Uh, the next one we're going to go over is sin. Ah, that sounds lovely, doesn't it? I don't get my healing because of sin in my life. Listen, it has nothing to do with the fact that God doesn't love you and he wants to heal you anyway. It has to do with the fact that when there's sin present in our lives, we're not in a place where we're easy to receive what he's done for us. When there is sin in my life, when there's disobedience in my life, when there's anger, when there's bitterness, where there's hatred, where there's all kinds of things, I mean, those are all sin. Disobedience is sin. But when I find myself in those kind of places, I don't go boldly before the throne of God to ask him for anything. You know, I find myself in a position of wanting to go, oh, okay, let me just kind of steer clear of the Lord for right now because, I mean, after all, he's got my number. You know, he knows, and I don't want to have to be faced, you know, with the issues that I don't want to deal with. You know, it's kind of like a pipe. You know, there are times, you know, we, when we know we're not doing something right and, we, and, you know, we're trying to exercise some faith for healing and it's just not working, but it's kind of like a pipe. It's got a big old clog in it. God's putting his, his it, it, it's, it's coming in this way, but on our end, nothing's coming out because we've clogged it up. If you've got long hair like mine, you know, then you know that when you wash your hair in, in, a, in a tub, a sink, or, or whatever, you know, hair gets in the drain. And sin is kind of like that. It gets in the drain. And you can't, and, you, and there's, there's, no, there's no way to, for, for what needs to happen. There's no, there's no connection because now we've got the thing clogged up. Sometimes, you, folks, you just got to get some spiritual Drano out. <laughs> and got to clear the pipes. You know, that may not always be the easiest thing to do. 
for your flesh. See, it's just our flesh that has a problem. I mean, we need to, we need to, to get our flesh in line with what the Word says, and that way we find ourselves back in the position to receive what God is already freely giving to us. But you know, we, you know, we find over in, in um, Hebrews, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy in time of need. You know, when, we, when we're not where we ought to be spiritually, we don't go into that throne room. We don't access his grace. We don't access his mercy. We don't access the healing that he's provided for us. But you know, it's not really that hard just to make some adjustments. Sometimes, you know, we have to go eat some crow if we need to go apologize to somebody. Sometimes we need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. When it's something just between him and you that he's told you to do, you haven't done. You know, you can't afford to let bitterness. You know, you just, you just have to let some things go. If you have an issue with somebody, you just have to let them go. You just have to say, Lord, I forgive them. And you forgive them too on my behalf. You know, you just have to let it go. Is it worth hanging on to? Is, is your continuing in pain and suffering, sickness, I mean, is it worth hanging on to? No. You know, that seems like a small price to, for my flesh to pay to be able to receive the healing God wants me to have. So let's get the sin out of our lives. Number, the next one. There is an attitude that, that I, I know that people have, even though we don't sometimes actually say it. Um, but it goes like this. I, I know, Lord, that peeling's provided for me. And I, want, I know you want to heal me. I know it's your will to heal me. But I don't deserve your healing. Mm. Usually that comes as a result of, of, you know, some kind of area in your life where you've missed the mark. And you feel like you're not measuring up. That somehow you're just, you know, you're not worthy of that. I mean, I told you the story before. I, I got really angry one time. I kicked something and broke my big toe. And when I came to church hobbling the next service, somebody said, well, let's pray for it. And I went, no, I deserve everything I got. And I wouldn't pray for it. And then I just realized at some point, you know, that's stupid. That's really stupid. God didn't provide healing for me on, based on, the, on whether I deserved it or not. He, he gave me healing in my life because Jesus paid the price. And because when he sees me, he doesn't see anything but Jesus. He's not looking at me and going, oh, you don't measure up, girl. You're not, you ain't going to get this. Uh-uh, not today. You don't think you're going to get it. Nope. Mm -mm. But let's turn over with me to 1 Peter 2.9. You have to get it in your head that you do deserve it because of who you are. Well, who are you anyway? Well, we're going to find a few, few places here. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, which some of you are kind of odd, but, we don't, but that, that's not really what it means. You know, that's not the word it means. It really means a purchased people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Go with me to Ephesians 1.4. You're close by. Ephesians 1.4. 
Look at this. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He chose you long before you were born. He already knew you. He already knew your, your shortcomings. He already knew your failures. He already knew your faults. But he chose you. Chose you before the foundation of the world. And you weren't forced upon him. He made a deliberate choice when he chose you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Colossians 1-2. Ah, I don't think that's it. Let's see. Ah. Hmm. All right, I read the wrong thing down. It's the, the verse I'm going to is that he has made us meet. He's made us qualified. He's made us suitable to receive all that he has for us. Sorry, I don't know what that, what that verse is. Then if you go to John 3, 16, you need to turn there. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Listen, sickness is a form of perishing. But he chose you. He sent Jesus for all of us. For all of us. That makes it so much easier to stop that lie of the devil that somehow I'm not worthy, that I don't deserve it. You know, over in Luke, you find out where the woman who was bowed over, you know, they said, should not this woman being a daughter of Abraham be loosed? A daughter of Abraham had a covenant. And I tell you what, you and I have a better covenant of healing than what they did under the law, than what they did under the Old Testament, under, other than what they did under, under just the blessings of Abraham. We have a much better covenant than even that. In Romans 5.8, Remember, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You are a child of God. But I like this verse. It says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you take that on into its other you know, application, when we were sinners, did not know him as God, did not know him as Father, he loved us, and Christ died for us while we were still in that condition. Listen, he still loves you enough. When you're not exactly making the mark, when you're not living up to what you ought to be living, he still loves you, and his provision is still there for you, no matter what the devil tries to tell you about the situation. You know, you, you have to understand that's nothing but, but a lie. And so many times that unworthiness, that, that whole attitude of not being worthy, not deserving of something, you know, comes from our pasts. You know, maybe the, the way we were raised or past events in our lives. I mean, there are so many people that, that have tried to get healed and could never get past the fact that they really didn't think that they honestly deserved that kind of love. But you do. You do. God has poured out his unmerited favor on all of us. And you deserve every blessing that Jesus' blood provided for us. And as long as the enemy can keep you in a place that you think you don't deserve it's something that God's provided for you, 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 just, you just won't enjoy 
But you can. But you can. It's just a lie he's perpetuated on us. You know, and so, you know, even though I've been that place, I don't think I'm the only person who's been there. But I'm telling you, you're worthy of everything that Jesus did for you. Everything that he provided for you. So then we'll go on to the next one. Sometimes the reason people don't receive their healing is because of fear. They've got the word in front of them. They know what the word says. And yet there's such fear that comes into their lives. Listen, fear and faith don't mix. You can't have fear and faith in the same space. But what does it say over in Timothy, 2 Timothy? God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Power. You know, the word power so many places in the New Testament it means authority. You can take authority where fear is concerned. But you see, I know what it's like, you know, to have that kind of fear in you. Because, you know, the devil wants to talk to you. When there's symptoms in your body, he wants to suddenly magnify everything. You got a headache. Oh, I've got a brain tumor. That's, I mean, you laugh, but I mean, there are people, that's exactly where they go. And so symptoms arise, and, and you don't know what it is, and, and so fear begins to try to get its hold on you. You cannot entertain it. If you let it come in the least little bit, it will, it will come in and take up residence there. And suddenly what was just a small thought that could have just been, you know, get, you know, you could have just said, you know, get out of here, devil. I'm not listening to that. Now becomes a big thing to overcome. You know, I, I've known people over the years, and, and I, I, I can think of half a dozen people, you know, right now, you know, who symptoms were in their body, and they knew they should go get it checked out, and they wouldn't do it. Fear. Fear of what it might be. Fear of, of what this, this, this could bring in their lives. Listen, when you boil it right down to it, to not go to a doctor to find out what's wrong with you because you're afraid is really dumb. Because if something really is wrong, something serious is wrong, the longer you wait, the more likely you will not survive it. So why wait? Now, I'm not telling you every time you get a symptom to run to the doctor. I'm telling you, you better be listening to your heart. When you've got, got, got something, a witness on the inside of you that you, okay, this is something I need to go check on. Do not entertain the least little ounce of fear. You say, I'm going to find out what it is. I'm going to get an accurate report. And then we're going to believe God. Amen. The longer you wait, the more serious it becomes. And the harder it becomes. Why not deal with something while it's a simple thing? There are things that could have, that people could have had treatment for and believed God for at the same time. Listen, symptoms are severe enough. You need to get, you need to get immediate medical attention and, get, and get, that, get that thing started while you start applying your faith to it. Because some people don't have time. There's a time issue. Uh, there was a wonderful evangelist out, it was a Rama grad years ago, and he was known for being a fiery evangelist. I mean, they said he could preach the house down. I mean, he'd get people born again right and left. And he had started having some symptoms in his body. He would not go to the doctor. Now, he said he was believing God. But you see, I don't believe he was. I believe he was just in fear. 
you know, you can't put your head in the sand and pretend like, you know, okay, I can, I can deal with this, you know, and just keep on going. And he died. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who have missed out on the ministry that God intended for him to carry out. People that God had to find somebody else to send their way because he was, he, he was already ordained to be in their lives. Now he's gone. Don't ignore things. Listen to what your inward man is telling you. And don't let fear try to tell you anything other than, than what you see in the Word. Identify fear. Identify it. When it start, starts nagging, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I know that what's, what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night when you know something's wrong and the devil just paints you a lovely picture of how come Christmas you won't be here. Your family will celebrate the holidays without you. Life will go on, but you won't. I know what that's like. But you know, you, you, can't, you cannot give it place. The Bible says to give no place. And fear is something that once it gets a hold of you, it is hard to shake sometimes. Not that it can't be. But you know, you let it get to a certain point and it just, and it just wraps its tentacles around you. you know, and you just, you just can't go there. So I know some people never are able to receive their healing because they can't, they can't get to a place where they can get past the fear issue. Okay, move on. Some people never, never get their healing because in their minds they have this attitude, well, I don't have enough faith for that. Uh, my faith isn't strong enough for that. Now, has anybody in here ever thought that besides me? You know, this is, oh, this is something minor. I mean, I mean I, I've, I've thought to myself at times, you can't even get a cold healed. What do you think about cancer? You can't even seem to maintain, you know, a healing for, for a broke toe. What do you think you're going to do with something more serious? You, you know, the enemy is always there to, to, to fill in the details for you. But listen, Romans 12, you're, in, you're in, right here in Romans 12 to 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that's among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every or some. As God hath dealt to every, each one. Does that leave anybody out? God has dealt to each man, every man, the measure of faith. Listen, you can't, you can't say, I don't have faith. I don't have enough faith. Well, yeah, you do. The same faith that you used to get born again, the same faith you used to receive the Holy Spirit, the same faith you, you used to step out with a corresponding action of beginning to speak and hear yourself speak in tongues is the same faith that gets you healed. The exact same faith. If you're born again, you've got faith. Because he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. You had to have faith to get out there and receive him as your Lord and Savior. You had to. That's the only way it comes. You know, I, I look at the Bible and there's so many places where it has references to faith. There's talk about weak faith, little faith, great faith, no faith, exceedingly growing faith. 
You know, but Matthew 17, 2, Jesus said that if you have the faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you could save this mountain, be moved, and be cast into the sea. See, it doesn't take a whole lot. As I was writing this down today, I was reminded of that there are some bread recipes that you have to have a starter for it. You know, you, you make this batch of, of bread, but you keep just a little bit back so that the next time you want to make bread, you, you've got this starter. Listen, you already got the starter. He's already dealt you the measure of faith that you need. It's already there. Now you just got to do something with it. And I've heard this said, well, it's easier to believe God for others than it is to believe for myself. Uh Uh-uh, that's a cop-out. You know why it's easier to believe God for other people than it is for you? It's because you don't have any horse in that race. Seriously. Whether my sister in the Lord gets healed of cancer or not, I mean, I'll be sad if she, if she doesn't receive her healing. I'll be sad if she goes home, you know, to heaven and, and I won't get to see her until I get there. But really, does it, does it significantly impact my life? To be honest, no. Now, that's the harsh reality of it. We say it's easier to believe God for somebody else than ourselves. It's only because it doesn't affect us as much as it does them. That's what that really boils down to. Say amen or oh me. Yeah, just being honest. I want to join my faith with somebody, but if it doesn't work and she doesn't really receive, well, (sighs) but when it's me that has to receive the healing, I have a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake here. And when the enemy's on my shoulder saying, oh, well, you don't have enough faith, your faith can't do this, you know, it's not, a, it's not this, it's not that, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes not to listen to him. But taking that to the next one is sometimes we don't receive our healing because we're out beyond our level of faith. You know, you have to get into the word and you have to build your faith up. Uh, my best example of this is me. In 1986, I discovered a lump in my throat, and I've told this story, but it's a great example. Uh, I found a lump in my, in my neck, and so it stayed there, and I kept, I kept just kind of, you know, it was there, and, well, what in the world is that? You know, and it's, you know, for several months went by, and it kept getting larger and larger, and then one day, my mother tells me about an old family friend of ours who had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Well, you know what the imme- devil immediately said? You know, that's thyroid cancer. So I finally, you know, said something to Pastor about, about it. He goes, well, yeah, there is a big lump there. And so I, I made an appointment to go to a doctor and take a look at it. And uh, so we, we checked it out and did some tests and different things. He aspirated it and all this kind of stuff. And uh, then he finally said, well, that's not working, so um, we're, we just need to take that thing out. And so, you know, at the time we had no insurance. And Pastor would come home and, uh, from the office, you know, and he would say, he said, well, bless God, we just curse that thing right now in the name of Jesus and command it to be gone, and that thing has got to go. And I'm going, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. It wasn't in my heart, but I wasn't going to tell him that. See, there's a lot of times people don't, they're saying one thing, but in their heart, they don't believe it. And so one day he came home from the office, and he came and he said, uh, the Lord talked to me today about, about this whole thing, 
And he said, you're not in faith for that thing just to be gone, are you? And I went, no, I'm not. It felt so good just to finally be honest about it. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm just not in a place where I can, I can just believe that this thing is just going to disappear and it's be gone. I'm just not. And he said, well, that's okay. He said, the Lord said to tell you that uh, to just go ahead, get the thing taken out. He'd take care of the finances, and uh, you'd grow to be, in, be an old, old lady. And I'm going, okay. I'm not there yet, folks. <laughs> and, so, and so I went into that surgery absolutely, completely, 100% confident that they would take it out and that'd be the end of it. And that's exactly what we got. And God supernaturally provided the finances to cover that, that medical issue. But you see, I had to, it was easier for me once I figured out where my faith level could really operate at 100%. Sometimes people are trying to believe God for more than what they're capable of because their faith level has not been built up enough to believe God for that. Find out where your faith level is and get 100% of that. You know what that'll do? That'll, number one, that will, the biggest thing it'll do for you is it'll help you be confident in your ability to believe God for the next thing. It'll help grow your faith. Because what happens when, when people try to believe God for something they're not capable of believing for at the time is it, it undermines their ability the next time something comes up. Well, see, you, you failed at that, so what makes you think you're going to succeed at this? But see, when you find out exactly where you can believe God and you stay on that and you get 100% of that, that's like, man, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Yeah. I went into a hospital room one time with somebody who had some serious problems going on. And, uh, and they were just believing God for this, this, this situation to be totally and 100% resolved. And I said, well, they, they, had, they had an issue. They had some infection, you know, going on there. And I said, I tried to explain to them, you know, just the situation I had been in with my thyroid nodule. And, and um, I said, why don't you just believe God that, that this infection, that you can get this under control and that, and that this infection is going to be taken care of. It's going to be resolved 100%. And they got upset with me. They thought I was trying to, uh, to get them to, to just let go of what they were believing for. Listen, they never had a hold of it. Because as it turned out, they eventually passed away from complications that, it, that arose. And see, if they had just gotten to a place where they had said, I'm believing God for the doctors to find the right thing to, to be able to knock this infection out, we'd had a starting place. You know, and they could still be alive today. But no, they chose to just say, oh, no, 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 I'm not receiving that. I'm not receiving that. And they decided to do it their own way. Well, their own way cost them. But, you know, just be honest. Gauge where you are and decide, what is it I can honestly believe God for? See, for me, all this time I was saying, 
okay, this thing, you know, has to go in the name of Jesus, has to just disappear. There was no peace in the inside of me. There was no rest on the inside of me about that. I mean, it was a constant just, just upheaval on the inside of me. But as soon as I said, no, I'm going to believe God that the surgery, they're going to get it out, it's going to be nothing, you know, the bills are going to be paid, and go on from there, I was at total rest. Just total rest. The day of the surgery, I was, I was just sitting there in the, in the waiting area, you know, on the stretcher, you know, everywhere, I was just waiting, waiting my turn, and, and the nurse came in, and I think she, she took my blood pressure and pulse and all that kind of stuff, and I think my, my pulse was like 49 or something. She goes, you're not the least bit nervous, are you? And I, nope, not one bit. Not one bit. Being in faith shouldn't raise your blood pressure. Shouldn't raise your heart rate. It should calm it all down. You should be able to sleep at night, be peaceful at night. There not be any struggle, not be any turmoil on the inside of you. Find out where your faith level can hook up. Find it. Get 100% of it and use it as a stepping stone to the next thing. Um, in fact, is Colossians 3.15 said, the peace of God will rule in our hearts. When peace isn't ruling in your heart, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And this, when it comes to healing, is, is one of the primary areas where that is the reason for that peace not being there is because you're trying to believe God for something that's out beyond where you're capable of reaching right this minute. And then lastly, um, a lot of times people get a hold of their, their healing and then give it up when results don't come quickly. You know, pastor's talking about faith and about corresponding actions. He's, he's been talking about, about there's a time in between you say, I believe, I receive, and the time you see it physically made manifest in your life. People get, get tired after a while. Well, well I, I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. You know, in Luke, I think he used this, this uh, example on Sunday about the ten lepers. As they went, they were healed. You know, Mark 16, 18 says, the believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't say they shall immediately receive that healing. It said they shall recover. Recovery is sometimes is an ongoing process. You know, it's a progressive thing. And so, you know, I'm just looking to start, start getting better. That's it. The healing maybe, is, maybe takes some time to completely manifest. Apart from gifts of the Spirit, apart from healing, man, healing being made manifest, you know, in a, in, a, in a service. Listen, you're believing God for, for healing. And, you know, there's one thing to come up, okay, when pastor says at the end of, the, end of a Sunday morning service, anybody here today need healing? You know, that's just a general invitation just to come up, you know, have hands laid on you. But when he calls something out or he says there's a healing anointing present, get to the front. We said, but yeah, but, you know, I don't want that to mess up my faith. It's not going to mess up your faith. You know, those things are, are, in, the, are in, a, you're in an atmosphere where God wants to enhance your faith. He wants to build your faith up. Don't, don't neglect it. A pastor's wife that we knew was dealing with breast cancer years ago, and and we were and I, I mean I know she was a woman of the word. Now you know it's none of my business why people don't receive their healing where the problem is, not my business. That's between them and God. But we were sitting in a service with Dad Hagen, 
and he called out specifically somebody here with breast cancer, and she would not go up. Would not go up. And I'm thinking, I know you're believing God. I know you're quoting the word. But there is a, he, he, there's, there's, a, there's a manifestation of the gifts of healing in the place. Why would you not go up there? And we all were like astounded that she didn't go up. Going, what? And she died. Listen, we have lots of examples of people who didn't receive, but we have lots of examples of people who do. God has supernaturally worked in so many lives. And the enemy wants to magnify the ones who, who didn't receive that total healing when we need to be magnifying the ones that did. You know, just to say somebody, well, they, they didn't get their healing, you know, and they were a great person, they were a great believer, they, they love God, that's all true. But you don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what happens, you know, in, in their lives, what's between them and God. So you can't ever, st- ever say. Uh, but you have, you have to understand this, that God's word is kind of like medicine. You know, you have to take it on a continual basis. There's a, a, a sheet in the bookstore that I just want to, uh, if you haven't ever seen it, it's called God's Medicine. We have a little mini book by Brother Hagen called God's Medicine. You know, and you have to take it just like, just like natural medicine. Uh, Proverbs 4.20 said, go over there, Proverbs 4.20. Hallelujah. I'm sure none of this that I'm saying tonight is something you don't know. But you know what? We've got to all hear it again and again and again and again. Because just like here it says in verse 20, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. That word keep also means to penetrate deep within the heart. And just like medicine, you take medicine on a regular basis. There's not too many drugs that a doctor will prescribe for you that's just a one-time dose. But there are specific directions with any medicine that they prescribe to you. This is the way you take it. You take it once in the morning. You take it once at night. You take it three times a day for 10 days. You take it two times a day for five days. You know, follow the instructions. If you take, give, are given an antibiotic and you don't do it the way you're supposed to do, the infection or whatever it's trying to drive out may not be gone when you finish that medicine finally. If you don't take it according to directions, listen, it says, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It's not something you can just do today and not tomorrow, but something that you need to have a continual, ongoing dose of in your life. Um, you, you've got to make sure that your actions stay in line. That's part of, that's part of the directions. You know, pastor's talking about Sunday, so I don't need to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, you have to be consistent You have to be consistent with putting the word in. Don't let well-meaning people distract you from what God says 
belongs to you. There are people who do. People who don't know what you know, who will try to tell you, well, you know, not everybody gets healed. You can't, you can't pay attention to those people. They mean well. They're trying to keep you from being uh, disappointed. But what they're do- trying, what they're really trying to do is let the enemy use them to distract you from what God said. Be prepared to stand your ground to see the thing through. Sometimes we get, in, we, we get into a place where we just say, I thank you, God, for my healing, because before we're really ready, we haven't really established ourselves in the Word just yet. Sometimes you need to take a few minutes, depending on the situation. You need to take a bit of time and make sure you've got the Word down on the inside. Let it come alive to you. And then you say, I receive my healing. Because this is what it says. Because it's real on the inside of you. Uh, you know, pa- Pastor Greg was talking on Sunday night about, about the four kinds of, of ground. And, and I thought in, in, in healing, uh, you can uh, take healing, you can put it in those four kinds of ground. The first kind of ground was the wayside. Seed, seed sown on the wayside. That's just a casual approach to things. Just kind of throw it out there, scatter it out there, but nothing, nothing deliberate. And, and the Bible says the enemy comes immediately to steal when it's been sown on the wayside. It's easy for him to just take it away. It's just like you throw some seed out on the ground, the birds come and they gobble it up. Same kind of thing. So in healing, you can't just be just kind of uh, nonchalant about it. You got to get serious about this thing. Or else the enemy's just going to come and take what little bit you've got away. Then there was the stony ground. Well, the stony ground is the, kind of, is the kind of person who, you know, they receive it, but there's no root. It doesn't go down in there. So it doesn't take too long before they just give up. And then there's the thorny ground. Things present that shouldn't be present that they don't take care of, and so it chokes out the word. Ah, but then there's the good ground. You know, good ground is ground that has been, has been taken and carefully tilled and prepared. And then the seed is sown. And then the seed is watered. And then the seed is weeded, all kept the weeds out from all around it so that nothing will choke it out. And that seed produces a harvest. That seed will produce. Listen, no matter what the devil tells you, when you have finally found yourself in a place where you're prepared to receive your healing, don't let anything stop you. You know, you speak the word. Corresponding actions, there's a lot of different things, but one of the most major areas of corresponding actions that goes along with your believing for your healing is to say what you believe. I believe I'm healed. Now, that doesn't negate facts. You know, people say, well, I can't do that because, I mean, I mean you look at me, I, there's, there's no change. Listen. The truth of God's word supersedes any fact. It's true that that my toe might be broken, but the word of God says healing power is working in that toe even as I speak. Even as I speak. Yes, my back may be killing me. I mean, it just made it like, oh, I can't even straighten up. But healing power is working in my back. When I fell on my stairs or steps a few weeks ago, I mean, there was pain in my back. And I went, no, it's healed. It's healed. I don't care how much pain there is. I know it's healed. You know, and it's amazing that I didn't have some, something serious damage done on that little fall. Listen, you've just got to keep speaking the word. You, but you're only going to speak what's in your heart. What's in your heart is the thing that's alive on the inside of you is what's going to really come out. At all times. You know, we can be very careful around other people 
to say just the right things, but eventually what's really in our heart comes out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pop right on out. When you least, you know, you, your guard's down and you're not concerned about what somebody's going to think. If I say the wrong thing, you know, we don't, there's no confession cops around here. But, but you, you know, it'll come out. If it's not real to you, what is real will eventually come out. It's, it's okay to sing what you believe. It's okay to say what you believe. It's okay to pray what you believe. But say something. Don't let the enemy keep you silent at all. You know, I was, I was singing to myself, the word is working mightily in me. We used to sing that song, especially during healing lines. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. Is it working mightily in you? Well, if it's not, then what you need to do is you need to address that and go home and get yourself in a place where you have prepared your heart and your life to receive what God has already done for you. See, so many times we, we want to uh, try to fool ourselves that we're ready to receive that healing when we're not. And the preparation's not been done. The harvest will not come. And you need that harvest of healing. We need you to have that harvest of healing in your life. We need you to stay here and fulfill the plan of God in your life. And you think, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm young. Listen, the day will come when you'll need something maybe serious come up. Isn't it easier to start now? Somebody said it's so much easier to believe God for healing when you're not sick. When there are no symptoms, it's the time to prepare the ground. Get it ready. So when, when the enemy comes with something, you go, mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. This is good ground. You can't steal this. This, is, this seed has been planted so deep, you cannot reach it. You're not going to dig this one up. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.